Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. everybody. Thank you for joining me today for episode 46, where I am so excited to talk with Rebecca Laurel Hill about nutrition, well-being, all the good things. So let's bring her on. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous. Love to hear it. So good. So I love bringing people on such as yourself, because this is a topic that's very, you know, near and dear to my heart. I'm very passionate about it. So I just love meeting new people and giving them the platform to talk about, you know, well-being and nutrition, because I feel, I'm sure you know, how many people in this world need help with that. So if you would, I'd love to learn how it is that you decided that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be, a well-being coach for women. How did you start? Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. I really appreciate being here. It's an honor. And so way back, I would say I knew that I had to do something in health and wellness when um, in high school, I really fell in love with wellness. And I went to college and I studied biology and I didn't really know where that was going to lead me. I had some ideas. Uh, and then I finished that degree and it was kind of, I didn't really want to be stuck in a lab. My, I felt like my options were either go to graduate school and be in a lab type setting and, you know, go the PhD route and be a researcher or, um, I kind of had an, you could say an awakening one day and I'm like, why don't I go into nutrition? I love health and wellness. And with all my chemistry and science background, it just, I already had a lot of the foundational stuff. I just had to do my nutrition stuff. And so that's what I did. Uh, it just felt really aligned to me. It felt like the right path for the career I envisioned for myself. So I went and got my nutrition degree, got my credential as a registered dietitian and that's where it started. Uh, and then as I was in college, I also developed an eating disorder. Um, I was an exercise bulimic for, it started in college and then it lasted uh, for, I would say 10 or 12 years after college into around until about the age of 30. Um, and, you know, the whole time, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was just something deep inside me. I knew I wanted to have freedom in my life as much as possible in every way. And to me, it just made so much sense to be an entrepreneur. But when you're first out of college or you're in your 20s, I mean, maybe it's different today, but back, you know, with the internet and how it's evolved and everything. But back when I was in college, um, 
the internet was just starting and you know there weren't these online entrepreneurs so i just you know i went and did a research job i i did you know i went and did jobs in nutrition and nutrition and whatever and then i finally decided to start my own business and then life happened um i went through a divorce uh you know and i so i went back to the corporate world i worked for a nutritional supplement company but about five years ago i was like i you know i just want to be an entrepreneur it's like i i've loved every job i have but there's just this inner calling where i'm like i just want to be so free in every way and so that's because by that time i had healed from my eating disorder i really felt like i had something even more valuable to bring to the world besides just my nutrition knowledge um you know that i was trained in i felt like i had so much more life experience and also my own journey within myself of healing to bring even more service to the world so that was about five six years ago i broke out into you know dabbling in entrepreneurship again and that's what brought me here and as you know as entrepreneurs we um we evolve and we grow. So the business I started back then has, is not the business I have now kind of thing. But but the, the core theme of all of it is very um, related to what you do. I, you know, like right now, I really see myself as a woman who wants to help other women be truly nourished in body, mind, and soul. And um, like you said, a lot of women struggle with the whole food and body stuff. Uh, you know, the diet culture, the diet industry feeds into that in so many ways. And so that that is the core of the work that I do. It's, you know, helping women break free from what you would call like overeating and dieting cycles um, and stepping into, you know, that ability to naturally lose weight that they want to lose uh, and be able to keep it off and, and all the things that are required internally not just the food, but also internally and like how they see themselves and how they relate to themselves and their bodies and also to food. Like really a lot of the mental and emotional work that is required <laughs> to lead to that peaceful, easy eating and natural weight loss that they want. So that's the core of my work now, but it also goes beyond that because, you know, I really believe that every human and every person deserves to live their best life if they're willing to have the courage to create that for themselves and step into that and get out of their comfort zone. So that's kind of like the next level of my work. Like, okay, let's nourish your soul. Let's follow mm. the come trails of joy because we're always receiving like guidance and um, from however you see your higher power, God, you know, however you relate to something outside of you, if you do, and or or like guiding you and and how a powerful force in your life and where I believe we're always receiving guidance from that and it comes to us through like our our really powerful feelings of excitement and joy but oftentimes because of our human conditioning we disregard that or we get excited about something we're like oh you know and then we come up with all the stories from our conditioning like why I can't have it why I'm not worthy of it oh it would be too hard you know all that kind of stuff so in my work, you know, I want to help women truly transform their relationships with themselves and with food and have that be an easy, peaceful part of them, their life and be able to live in a body they love, whatever that is for them, you know, and to have that positive relationship with their body. But beyond that, 
to really become the best versions of themselves by following their joy, by, you know, stepping into those areas that whisper to them or, you know, those things in their life that whisper to them that maybe they've, you know, pushed aside. And, you know, so that that's, that's what it's all about. That is, I'm just like, my heart is just growing as I'm listening to you. Cause <clears throat> number one, I can feel your passion through the screen and the work that you do. And it just lights me up because it's similar to the work that I do. And it's just like, I love meeting new people that are doing that because I feel like the more people there are out there that are helping others who don't know, then the more healing that there's going to be spread among the entire world. So it's such a beautiful thing. Um, so I just want to say thank you for doing the work that you're doing because I know you are making a difference in the world. Um, so I know any mother out there, any moms, you know, women, you know, would be lucky to work with you. They would be blessed to work with you. Um, so awesome job there. I did want to backtrack a little bit um, because I myself don't fully understand bulimia. And I know that you, there's a lot of other women out there that probably suffer or have suffered with that. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that and maybe how you pulled yourself out of that so other people can, you know, do the same thing if they're suffering with that? Yeah. Uh, so essentially there's I think in the DSM, the diagnostic manual for that, that um, like psychologists use and psychiatrists use to diagnose mental health things, um, eating disorders are in there. And I believe there's bulimia has two forms in there. I, I, I honestly don't follow the eating disorder stuff because I don't really work with eating disorders. However, based on what it used to be, there's exercise bulimia and then like the other type of bulimia where you, you purge. So either, you know, you vomit. So it's a binging and purging cycle. I purged with exercise. I couldn't do it the other way, even though I had tried a couple times. Uh, and it was, that was a really scary kind of awakening moment because I felt it was more, and I think a lot of women are probably exercise bulimics, but they're never diagnosed uh, or they're like, not so severe that they have to go to treatment, but they have those patterns of overeating and then over-exercising. Um, mine was severe enough that I was able to be diagnosed with an eating disorder, but that's, but it was, but I think um, what I'm getting at, it's like almost more culturally acceptable. Like if you're, if you're going into the bathroom and you're vomiting, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in that there's a lot of like em heavy emotional stuff wrapped up in that like uh guilt and shame and all those emotions um I think if you're an over exerciser you can kind of like fly under the radar a little bit more like oh I'm mm -hmm. I'm being healthy I'm exercising and this that but but inside of yourself like you know to the the public right to the public you can kind of like fly under the radar or maybe to your family and, and your friends um, but with your relationship with yourself, you feel all that shame and guilt and you know that this is not what you want to be doing and this is not how you want to be living. So to basically answer your question, you know, bulimia is a binging and purging cycle of some sort where you binge on food, large amounts of food. Um, and I'm sure they have diagnostic criteria of like what that is, but, but then it's, you, it's like, you have to get rid of it. Then it's like this, like OCD compulsive, like feeling like, Oh, 
now I have to go do something to get rid of this. And there's other ways, you know, um, laxatives and things. It mm. just purging in some way of all the food that you've consumed. That's bulimia. And that's detrimental to our body because our body was not designed to do to do that. Correct? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Why is it that you think that, you know, from your experience, maybe working with others, why you think that, where does that stem from? Like my, my immediate thought process is, well, let's look at your childhood, like what happened in the past, because like you mentioned, you know, that's why you do the mind, body and soul, because it's all interconnected, right? It's like all connected. You can't, it's just, it's just like a web of things. They're just, they're just connected. So you can't work on one thing and not the other, you know, that's really a whole thing, the whole holistic thing. But um, I'm just wondering if um, what you would say to that, like um, where it stems from or why you feel that women uh, resort to that. Yeah, well, I think it can be, it's very individual as to how it starts. So for me, I don't feel like I had any sort of uh, childhood trauma that triggered it um, in my situation. For me, it was truly a biological response to exercising too much and not eating enough. So there is a biological component. We have a lower brain where all its function is, is to keep us alive and it will do anything to keep us alive. That's what it's for. And when that goes into survival mode, like such as you're not eating enough immediately, it's on high alert and it's like, make this woman eat. Mm -hmm. And so you get these incredible urges to eat a lot of food and you feel like you can't stop. And a lot of women, and this can just happen from regular dieting too. Like for me, it was tons of exercise and then not eating enough throughout the day that really put me into that cycle. And then I would, I started binging and then it was like, oh my God, you know, like I'm going to gain so much weight. And so then you get into that compulsion and it just, it's like this constant, and and I think, you know, and that happens with the other type of purgings as well. So it can start with like restrictive, like trying to lose weight, like restricting food or exercising a lot or both. However, it can also start, you know, from traumas, you know, like an emotional response to food, you know, going to food, it can start so young, um, going to food for dealing with uncomfortable feelings because food does provide some dopamine. I mean, it's that's part of that survival mechanism. So if we are upset, if we're scared, if we're afraid, if we're sad, whatever it might be, and we eat, we do feel better because we get this release of dopamine in our brain. And it soothes us temporarily for a little bit. And so yes, traumas, heavy emotional events um, can lead us to food. But then also with our uh, culture of certain size bodies and this and that, and, you know, even the health culture, you know, not just diet culture and like this ideal body that women believe they need to strive for. There's also the health culture that's kind of always shaming us as well. Like you're never being healthy enough, you know, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of marketing from just the nutrition industry too, not even the diet or, you know, just the health industry. Um, in the fitness industry. So with, so let's say you are eating for, to deal with emotions um, and it can start so young. I mean, I've known women who it's before kindergarten, they were 
eating to deal with emotions. And, and once that habit kind of starts, um, you know, because our brain does learn like, oh, she feels this emotion and she goes to food. It's, it starts to connect those neural pathways, emotion, eat, emotion, eat. And so it just becomes very unconscious. Uh, but then getting back to combining that with the pressure of, well, I need to be healthy and I need to look a certain way in my body and, you know, I need to be this person. Then with that emotional eating, dieting behaviors and restrictive behaviors can start being brought in. Like, let's say when a woman approaches adolescence, maybe she started to be an emotional eater as a little child. Um, but then especially, you know, and maybe she started dieting really young. I remember I went on my diet, first diet when I was probably nine or something. It lasted like a week, but we get that influence really young. So, so that then, and then if she starts to restrict, so it can be the biological survival mechanism will, will trigger. So there can be this psychological trigger, but also this like just biological trigger driving you to eat the psychological trigger of the emotion driving you to go to food, but then also the biological trigger of like, now she's restricting. And so you're, you're, it's like the double whammy. You've got mm. this psychological urge to eat for comfort, but then you've also got this biological urge to feed you like from your body because your body thinks you're starving it as you're trying to force that weight loss. So there's a, <laughs> It can, it can be a lot to untangle for some yeah. women, a, a lot of pieces that have to be addressed to really get, you know, to the true, what you would call the healing of the relationship with food. And that's why you are a well-being coach, right? Because you take that knowledge and you plug it in with all the other knowledge with the mental, you know, and the spiritual and the whole nine yards. I love that. Um, do you have any uh, favorite success stories or like a moment where you could like just share with us something that um, one of your clients, your favorite ones that you've done, you know, that they've, it's just been miraculous to give our, you know, listeners an idea of what it's like to work with you? Yeah. So, I mean, it can be as simple as women just kind of being on that diet overeating cycle for a long time. Like they might be really confident in their ability to eat well, like they know a lot about nutrition, but they just got caught up in the diet culture and like they kind of feel confused and all of a sudden they're on these cycles of like losing and gaining and losing and gaining. Right. And so it can just be as simple as like teaching them to begin to eat intuitively, like, because they get all up in their head. Like I got to count, I got to track mm -hmm. eat this, don't eat that. So for some women, it's just as simple as like giving them the permission and the ability, like helping them with the ability to trust their bodies and themselves that you can be guided. Like you don't need to count it. You don't need to track it. You don't need to do this. Like you can begin to tune into your body and, 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 you know, learn how to do that. And I teach them how to do that. And then that will naturally guide you out of that overeating habit, just like that eating intuitively in connection with your body and allowing your body because your body is, knows exactly what to do. If you if you can trust it and, and listen to it and allow it. So for some of them, it's that it's just getting them out of the diet mentality. But then for some women, and, and so like I, you know, one of my clients, um, she that's where she was she just needed some of that guidance to get back into her like the permission to be able to trust her body to 
you know, ignore the noise of the diet culture, like, and trust yourself. And she, by doing that, she was able to not only transform her relationship with her body, but also lose like 30, 35 pounds that she wanted to lose without, you know, living in that fear of food. Like she was able to still lose weight while enjoying foods, you know, because her body was telling her like, you know, and she was able to honor that, you know, that that's also a practice. You have to, it's not like all of a sudden you get the knowledge and like, oh, now I just eat in tune tune with my body. Oftentimes it's a practice for women to get back to that ability to not listen to the noise, you know, because they'll have a lot of chatter in their heads, like, oh, this has so many calories and this is this. And and so there, there is a practice involved, you know, that you have to commit to, but if you commit to it, you absolutely will get there. If you're, you've been really stuck in that diet um, mentality, as it's called. Um, So that's one example where it's just, you know, losing weight naturally in tune with your body by getting back to your intuitive way of eating. However, then there's other women who, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one client in particular where they've been maybe dieting since the age of seven or eight. It might have been sometimes mothers will put, you know, depending on how the mother relates to her own body and how the mother relates to food, sometimes mothers will put their daughters on diets very, very young if they judge that their daughter is you know, maybe not the body size she should be or eating the way she should be, you know, that can happen. And, you know, so I had one client who um, had dealt with that and, you know, and they've told me that they've hated themselves since they were little girls. Like they really feel this loathing of themselves and their body. And, and, and sometimes this comes also from trauma and abuse and things like that. Um, so, so for other women, it's more about transforming that relationship with themselves. It's part of it is the diet, you know, like the, that getting back into that intuitive connection with your body and that body trust and letting go of the diet mentality. That's still a part of it. But for some women, it's even a deeper uh, transforming from self-hate to really learning how to appreciate themselves and love themselves, like really you know, to, to be their own best friend and to stop all that negative self-talk because that, that has to be the foundation. Cause oftentimes you can't even do that next level of getting back in, into a normal relationship with food, like a natural intuitive relationship with food, the way that we're designed and born to be. Sometimes that can't happen until they transform their own personal relationship with themselves because you have to when you're going through a process of relearning you're not learning you're relearning how to be that intuitive eater like when you were a baby when you were a baby you just like hey I'm hungry feed me and like that's how it's supposed to be and then okay I'm done done and then you don't even think about it again until your body tells you and that's intuitive eating it's really simple but we lose that connection how and so practicing our way back into that is how we get there. However, like if we have a lot of um, self-loathing, we can't support ourselves. So what I'm getting at is like to retrain ourselves how to eat intuitively in a natural way, we have to be able to be our, like have our own back to be our cheerleader, to support ourselves. And like, because you're going to have days where you fail. That's part of the process. And you're going to fall back into the diet mentality and you're going to freak out and you're going to think you need to count and track and all that kind of stuff. So in order to do that 
next level of work, you first have to be your own best friend. You have to be able to cheer for yourself and support yourself and tell yourself it's okay. And so if you have a relationship of self-hate where you've never had your own back and all you do is criticize yourself and blame yourself and judge yourself, you have to start there before you can get to that next becoming an intuitive, relearning how to be that intuitive eater. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I love that you touched on that because that's really where it all is. No matter what it is that you choose to do in life, if you have that self-hatred, it's like a, it's like an anchor just weighing you down from pretty much anything it is, fill in the blank, anything it is that you want to do. So I love that you touched on that. And it's true. We need to get back to trusting our own bodies. You actually made me think about, this is a whole nother topic, but um, about birth about giving birth naturally, because the way that things are now is women just depend on the doctors. We don't know what's happening to our body. What's going on? What's this? Like, I didn't know. I mean, that was me. And then I started taking, I did a Bradley, breath, Bradley birthing class. And I learned so many things about birthing that I didn't even know that there was to know. And that's just about birth. But what I experienced is that the more that I knew, the more empowered I was and the more um, courageous I was to give birth naturally, which I thankfully did twice. And we can apply the same thing to, to food, to eating. Once we, like you said, relearning our own body and trusting how our own body works and what does my body love to eat and, and how does it thrive? Because I'm sure you know this. We, you and I can both eat an apple, and if I'm allergic or have any food sensitivity to it, my body's going to get crazy, right? And you're over here happy and thriving. I'm like, well, why doesn't it? And I think that's why that was so important what you said. Each one of us is unique and different mentally, physically, and spiritually. So, yeah. So everybody is unique and different. And I just love that. That's why it's all everything that you said, intuitive eating and just getting to know who you are, becoming your own best friend. I just recently did a post that said, uh, be the love that you never received, mm. you know, and that's what it reminded me of. It's like, if you didn't get, if you weren't raised being praised, start praising yourself. Yes. If you didn't have anybody cheering you on, like you mentioned, become your own best cheerleader, you know, do whatever it is that you have to do. And, you know, before we go, I would love it if you could just share some general tips that somebody, any woman or mother out there, that's like, you know what? this is it. I, I need to get healthy. I, I can't just do what I'm doing anymore. I need to get healthy. What would be like a couple tips that you could give them right off the bat that they could start doing right now where they can actually start seeing a difference? Okay. So first of all, I would tell them to define what getting healthy is for them. Mm, really love that to really tune into themselves. And I'll just put a plug for my book. <laughs> like it's just food. Cause that's really what I take women through in my book and what I call my food and body freedom formula. It's like 15 bucks on Amazon, or you can get the $9 version, um, the Kindle, but okay. So that, so just for, if they want to dive deep, that's what my book is about, but really tune into what is healthy for me. Because we receive so much input, whether it's from family, from friends, um, you know, media, everywhere, outside of us. And so we have this idea, well, that's healthy according to them, that's healthy according to them, that's healthy according to them. But that's not necessarily what's healthy for us. And so this is a trial and error process, but to sometimes find out what that is for us. However, we all have this intuitive knowing 
of what, you know, in this past experience over the course of our life of when we've felt our best and like what type of movement feels good for us, what type of foods seem to feel good in our body. If we look at that data that we've already gathered over the course of our life, we can start to get a, a vision or blueprint of what healthy might be for us. So that's where you start. Define your own healthy. And then the next step is to practice becoming. I mean, there's a few other steps in between, but it's to first get clear on how healthy is for you. Like, how does she think? How does she feel? And what does she do? That healthy version of you. There's those three components. It's thoughts, feelings, and actions. It's not just actions. It's not just what you eat. It's also how you're thinking and feeling. It's holistic, right? So you, that's what I would say for anybody who wants to go on a health journey. To first just get crystal clear on where you're going, like your North Star. Like, who is she? How does she move her body? And it might not be at all like what a personal trainer would say or, you know, the fitness industry. It, you know, you get to decide what feels great for you. What foods would you love to be eating? Like that ideal version of you that you want to be. Not what other people are telling, not what diet culture might say, but what, what would you love and what do you know feels good in your body already? And, uh, and, and it's, it's often not like the chocolate cake and cookies. If we're really, I mean, yes, those foods provide amazing pleasure and you can absolutely have those in your life. But if you're hundred percent honest with yourself, the foods that feel best in your body are typically those ones that are quote unquote healthy, you know, but it doesn't have to be any sort of like specific diet. You really get to just have fun and play and experiment. Like what food does feel great in my body? Um, so create that vision of, how she's moving, how she's eating, and also how she's thinking and feeling. Like, is she a stressed out, anxious, worried, uh, always seeking self, other people's approval, always like fearing what people are thinking? Is that your healthiest version of yourself? Or is she empowered and she can make her own decisions and she's at peace with herself and at peace in the, with her life? And, you know, like it's really going beyond the food and the movement and also how is she thinking and feeling and how is she relating to herself and other people get a clear view of her and then it, and then it's about breaking it down into little baby starting steps because we get this big vision of like who we would love to be but we can't necessarily it would be so nice if we could just like wave the magic wand and okay no. <laughs> but it, we have to then practice our way being there i often tell my clients it's like you know, you think of a musician who's like been practicing for years and they're a complete, um, they're the maestro, right? Or an artist, but they didn't start there. And, and it doesn't have to take you like 20 or 30 years of practice, like a musician to become that, you know, maestro, but you can become a maestro of your health and well-being through, it is a practice. It has to be a practice. It doesn't have to take 30 years, but it might take a year. It might take two years but you get to allow those little improvements along the way and celebrate them. Like, this is so important. Like women, they, if they're not doing it perfectly, there can be that perfectionism. If they're not doing it perfectly, then they think they're failing and they're not getting anywhere. It's not like that. If you're having little wins, that's all that gets you there. It's just the baby steps. It's the consistent baby steps that get you there. And so that's what I would say, create your vision, start practicing baby steps, 
praise yourself, see every little win, love yourself, <laughs> have your own back, be your best friend, you will get there. And, and, and get resources and tools that you need. Like if you're lack, if you feel like you need support or you're lacking some knowledge and you don't really know, like you, you envision this for yourself, but you don't really know what that entails. That's where you would find a book or an expert or a course or a podcast or whatever it might be to kind of like start to get the knowledge that you might need to get to what you envision for yourself. There's that aspect too. Yes, I love everything that you shared. So for those listeners out there that are going to heed Rebecca's advice, when you're done figuring out what all that is, then I highly encourage you to reach out to Rebecca. Her website is scrolling down below. It's also in the show notes. Um, Same thing with her, um, what is it, stressless holiday eating. This is the perfect timing for that. She has that, her food freedom and body bliss. So she's got all the tools, everything that you need. So I recommend reaching out to her so that way you can, um, you know, just have the wonderful opportunity to work with her and learn and grow and to be the person that you were always designed to be. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for being on. I truly appreciate you and all the golden nuggets that you shared with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. I love it. I love sharing. I love talking to other like-minded women like you and healing the world and helping. I just have a passion, as you can tell. I like just want women to feel amazing in their lives. Every woman, every human, but every, you know, we have this connection to our soul sisters. So, yeah. Wow. I could not have said that any better. That was awesome. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was a good one. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, And if you'd like to see more videos like this, uh, please don't forget to subscribe and you can like and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. And um, I will see you guys on the next episode. Signing off for now. Bye.